Well, as we turn to our scripture passage this morning, you can open your bulletin over on page three. You'll find our passage there. <laughs> so last week we started our Christmas series by looking at the Song of Mary. This week we're looking at the Song of Zechariah. Uh, very helpful passages because they're, they're a little less familiar than all the other Christmas passages that we read in Luke and some in Matthew. And so that lack of familiarity uh, is actually a help because we get kind of surprised by language that doesn't, uh, doesn't just sound like we hear this every, uh, every year. Uh, and so we get struck afresh by what God is doing, the salvation that God is bringing about. Here we have the song of, of Zechariah. This is Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, so not Zechariah, the Old Testament prophet. That's a different Zechariah. This is Zechariah, the, the father of John the Baptist. You might remember that John the Baptist is born about six months before Jesus. Uh, this promise was given to, to Zechariah, the father. The angel comes to him. Zechariah doesn't, doesn't believe that his wife could have a, a son in her old age and being infertile her entire life. Uh, and, and God disciplines Zechariah. Remember, he's not able to speak throughout the entire nine months uh, of the pregnancy. And we pick up the reading uh, with verse 57. We're going to focus in on the song, but we'll read the, uh, the narrative that opens it up, uh, beginning at verse 57. Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth, and she bore a son. And her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. Uh, and on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they would have called him Zechariah after his father. But his mother answered, No, he shall be called John. And they said to her, None of your relatives is called by this name. And they made signs to his father, inquiring what he wanted uh, to, him to be called. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, His name is John. And they all wondered. And immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue was loosed, and he spoke, blessing God. And fear came upon all their neighbors, and all these things were talked about throughout all the hill country of Judea, and all who heard it laid them up in their hearts, saying, What then will this child be? For the hand of the Lord was with him. And his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people, and he has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets of old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham, to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness, before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give a light to those who sit in darkness 
and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet in the way of peace. And the child grew and became strong in the spirit, and he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance to Israel. Well, let's pray together. <clears throat> Father, we thank you for your word, and we pray that you would send your spirit to give us understanding, that we might see the great salvation you have brought about, uh, and respond in praise, even singing uh, this day, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Magnifying the Lord. That's what we're calling our, our Christmas series this year. Magnify the Lord. The idea, not making God greater than he is, he's already great, but magnify the Lord in the sense of shine a spotlight on his greatness. Reflect uh, the great God that he is and the great things that he has done. So what does it look like to, uh, to spotlight the greatness of God, to, to shine forth his glory? Well, Zechariah gives us one way that we can do that, a key way, the most important way, to sing of God's salvation. To sing of God's salvation. That really is the theme of, of Zechariah's prophetic poem, his his song of praise, he sings of God's salvation. Uh, it's, it's arriving all around him, and, and, he, and he declares that God is doing it and, and delights in it. And it's interesting to put it together within the context of what's happening around Zechariah. Of course, because there's a many amazing things that are happening, right? Miraculous things, wonderful things, um, right? You have the appearance of the angel uh, that happened nine months before, you have the, the miracle of his son's birth, given the fact that his wife is not only old, but had been infertile all her life. You have the, the miracle of Zechariah being instantly uh, struck mute and then instantly healed. Uh, right? All these amazing, miraculous things. But as Zechariah starts singing, he really doesn't mention any of that. Uh, it's not that they're irrelevant, but he's, he's seeing what's be beyond, what's uh, what's uh, pictured in those miraculous happenings. He sees what's behind all the, the shining lights and the glitz. He sees that what's really God is pointing to is this great salvation. And that's what he wants to highlight. That's what he wants to sing about. Uh, the salvation that God is bringing about all around him. And that's what we want to do. That's what we're called to do. Uh, Christmas time, but throughout the year. Uh, yes, we see God doing amazing things at Christmas time. We, we talk about those amazing things, you know, angelic visits and shepherds and mangers, amazing things. Uh, but we, also, we primarily want to sing about what they point to, what's, what's behind all of that, God's salvation that he's bringing about. So Zachariah is going to help us by really highlighting five key aspects of God's salvation, all things we should sing about. So let's, let's take them one at a time as we kind of make our way through the passage. So the first aspect of God's salvation that we can sing about, should sing about, is divine visitation. Divine visitation. That's where the song begins, and John actually brings it up again at the very end. Must be important. We'll, we'll, we'll spend a little more time on this one because it is so significant. So verse 68. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel... For he has visited and redeemed his people. The Lord has visited his people. Uh, that's, that's very loaded biblical language. God visiting his people. 
God showing up, uh, God visiting his people. Sometimes in the Old Testament, God visits his people in judgment. Um, but a lot of times, God's visiting of his people is to show mercy. Uh, it's to rescue, and clearly that's what it's about here. God visits his people to, to redeem. It's interesting to notice uh, two times that the Bible uses that language of God visiting his people in the Old, Old Testament are connected with miraculous births. Uh, so uh, Sarah uh, and Hannah, both miraculous births of the Old Testament, in both cases, we're told that God visits them. God visited Sarah, and she conceives and has a son. God visited Hannah, and look, she has a son as well. Miraculous birth, God visiting. But here, the, the visitation is not just uh, to one woman, Elizabeth, uh, but the visitation uh, to all of God's people to redeem. Uh, to redeem. Right in the midst of a new miraculous birth, God shows up, God visits, in order to redeem. Now, there's more biblically loaded language. Uh, to redeem is to, is to set free from slavery. This is, this is Exodus language. This is God redeeming, rescuing his people out of Egypt. Right? They're slaves in Egypt, and God redeems them. He sets them free. Uh, he, he takes them out of slavery and, and sets them free. He visits them in order to set them free uh, from slavery in Egypt. And now here's Zechariah. Of course, all that Exodus is ancient history to him, but it's his history. And he goes, refers back to it using some of the same language to say, yeah, but what's happening all around me is a new exodus. A new visitation of God's people, a visitation of God, a new redemption of God's people. God is drawing near again. And he's drawing near in order to set his people free. A new and greater exodus. At the end... Uh, of the uh, of the the poem here, um, he, he starts to talk about how his own son is involved in this. You notice about halfway through, he starts addressing his son directly, uh, verse seventy six, and he talks about how this son John is going to be the last of the Old Testament prophets, the Old Covenant prophets, and he's going to prepare the way for the Lord. Right, right, divine visitation. God's going to visit his people. God's going to show up. John's going to prepare the way. Of course, you get the idea. You can put it together. The showing up, the God showing up, the God visiting, well, that's fulfilled in Jesus. Right? John prepares the way, and who shows up? Jesus. Right? It's God himself. It's God made flesh. It's the word made flesh. And he arrives. Uh, he visits his people, and he visits them in order to redeem them, in order to rescue. Uh, that's the whole purpose uh, in God coming. And this language of visitation actually shows up at the very end of the psalm as well, or the, of the song, verse 78, uh, because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. So here, Zechariah takes language from Malachi 4, the sun rising, it takes language from Isaiah 9, uh, light shining in darkness, and saying, yeah, God is visiting his people. Well, it's, it's like the light of the sun breaking forth into the dark of night. 
right? God showing up uh, in the person of Jesus Christ, God visiting, is like the light that shines in the darkness, uh, like the, the great hope and life of day. And that's what the birth of Jesus. That's what we celebrate. The sun beginning to shine into the darkness of our, of our lives. It's God visiting his people to rescue them. God showing up. God drawing near. Uh, and what encouragement, and what a significant encouragement that is. Uh, after all, isn't it, isn't it one of the most common uh, feelings and frustrations in the Christian life to feel like God is just far away? Right? Have you ever felt that way? Maybe you felt that way this week, or, or even feel that way now. God just seems so far away. Right, maybe it's you're kind of looking around yourself and you see hard things and you man, God, God just seems far away. Or maybe you're looking inside and, and there's been wrestling and sin and, and wow, God seems really far away now. And, and here's the good news of what Zechariah sings about. It's this promise. It's this truth. God has visited. God has shown up. He is near. Right? Sometimes we don't feel it. Uh, and sometimes we need to take God's truth and speak to those feelings. He's arrived. Uh, he's arrived. He's arrived to rescue us from, from the sin. We'll talk about that in a minute. But he's arrived. That's true. I can take it to heart. He might feel far away, but God has arrived. He's visited his people uh, to redeem. Which then brings us to uh, how God brings this redemption. How God brings this rescue. Zechariah is going to tell us about a conquering king. So here, back to the beginning, verse 68, it flows into 69. So, blessing God, he has visited and redeemed his people, 69, and raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. Raised up a horn of salvation. Um, now, kids, if you want to think about this, horn of salvation don't picture a horn like a trumpet horn. Picture like an animal horn. You know, like some animals, they have horns on the top of their heads. Um, maybe if you want to picture something, probably the best animal you could picture is like a, like a big horned sheep. You ever seen, seen these, these sheep that have these great big horns? And, and they'll, as they're fighting with each other, they, they ram into each other again and again. Right? They're right on those strong horns. They just collide against uh, one another again and again. That's the picture, that the type of picture you want to get in your mind. Because horn in the ancient world is, is strength. It's power. Right? Like a, like a big horned sheep. Bam! Power. Strength. And here it's power for salvation. For salvation. God's raising up a kind of battering ram power to save. How's it going to be? How's it going to happen? Uh, well, it's uh, raising up uh, a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. Right? David, as in King David, David the king, he was pretty strong. He was pretty powerful. Remember, he's the one who defeats Goliath. He's the one who defeats really all the enemy nations around Israel, who gives them peace through all kinds of victory. David, King David. <clears throat> also, the very David who was promised uh, by the prophet of old that there was going to be a, a son, a descendant from his line. 
and his, he would reign on David's throne forever. Well, there hasn't been a, a king on David's throne for ages in Israel. But here Zechariah comes along, and he says, yeah, there's going to be a new kind of victory, a new kind of strength, uh, power, like a horn, like a battering ram power to rescue, to save. It's going to come from David's house. Uh, and, of course, it's talking about Jesus. Um, Luke, of all, uh, really emphasizes the fact that this one who is born is a descendant of David. Uh, and so you get Luke presenting the genealogy of Jesus, careful to trace him all the way back to David. Um, there's uh, Luke who tells us all about Bethlehem and really emphasizes, so you do realize that's the city of David, right? Because this Jesus is a descendant of David. Here is this one from the house of David what has he arrived to do to be? That, that power, that horn, that battering ram strength for salvation, for rescue. This powerful, powerful king. And that's part of what we sing about. Right? We're singing of God's salvation. Part of what we sing about is this kind of powerful king who saves. And how, how encouraging that also is. Because part of, part of what we often struggle with is just feeling so weak. In ourselves, we just feel so weak sometimes. Maybe physically weak, maybe spiritually weak, emotionally weak. Uh, in ourselves, we just feel like, ah, you know, I'm done. I don't have it. Well, part of what God has raised up is, is strength. And it's strength exactly where we need strength. Strength for us to rescue. Uh, it's the horn of salvation. It's the, the mighty battering ram of victory in the king from David's line. Uh, it's promises kept. There's the, the third part of this salvation. Promises kept. Right? This powerful king, this divine visitation, this has always been God's plan. And he's promised it down through the ages. So, Zechariah's going to highlight that. Verse 70. As he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets of old. Or verse 72. To show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. And the oath he swore to our father Abraham to grant us. See, for centuries, God has been promising through the prophets that, that this rescue was going to come. That this salvation, this, uh, this visitation and rescue, it was arriving. Uh, so we, we think back to the prophet Nathan who promised David that there was going to be this king from his line who would rule forever. Uh, or, or Zechariah actually goes all the way back to Abraham. Right? This is fulfilling what God promised Abraham. Remember, God promises Abraham, I'm going to make of you a great nation, and through your seed, all the nations of the world will be blessed. Yeah, that's coming true right around Zechariah, right in this king who was born. Uh, again, uh, Luke is careful to, to trace Jesus back to the line of Abraham. Yeah, he's the son of Abraham. He's the seed of Abraham. Because he arrives, and what does he do? Through him, through the victory that he brings, as the, as the son of David, he brings blessing to all the nations of the world. He makes a great nation, people of God, from Jew and Gentile, children of Abraham by faith. Uh, every nation of the world blessed through the son of Abraham, even Jesus. It's God keeping his promises, right? That's the big point. God made great promises over centuries, millennia, and they're kept. 
You, you were faithful, Zacharias says. You did it just as you promised, Zacharias sings. Um, and that's important because, well, we're still waiting for God to, to keep some promises. Right? He kept his promises in, in having Jesus arrive the first time, but we're waiting for Jesus to arrive the second time. Arrive with to fulfill some big promises. Right? To, to completely transform the world. Uh, to, to bring about that new heavens and new earth such that the, the sufferings of this present age don't even compare with that glory. But we don't see that yet. We're waiting. And we're waiting. And we're waiting. And sometimes it can feel like it might never happen. Right? Is God going to keep his promises? It doesn't look like it sometimes. Well, that's where we remind ourselves this is a God who keeps his promises. Right? If he kept each and every one of his promises about the first coming of Christ, then we can be confident he's going to keep each and every one about his second coming. Uh, that we can put our whole hope uh, in, 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 that, in that transformed world. We can keep our confidence and our joy in the things we don't yet see. Because this is a God who keeps his promises. Promises kept. Sin defeated. Sin defeated. So, so far, Zechariah has been talking about salvation, rescue, redemption. Um, but he hasn't really told us what exactly the enemies were going to be rescued from. Right? He mentions enemies defeated. Okay, but who are the enemies? Uh, who are we going to be rescued from? What are we going to be rescued from? Most in, in Zechariah's day probably thought they knew the answer. Right? The enemies that we're going to be delivered from is, well, it's the Romans. Right? The, the son of David, we know what he's going to do. He's going to show up, and he's going to get rid of those, those Romans, establish a, an Israelite kingdom uh, in the land. Uh, right? And, and we, we, maybe we should pause there and, re, and, and remind ourselves, like, that's, that's not a small thing. Like, that's a really big deal. That would be a really, really good thing for God's people who have been oppressed for generations. Uh, so they're, it's not like they're, they're hoping for something that's, uh, that's awful. They're wanting a good thing. It's probably a good reminder for us because, because a lot of times we look to God for, for good things, uh, for really good things, earthly blessings that God says are good, that sometimes he gives but sometimes we can think that, well, he, he should give us all of it right now, right? Um, and when we think that the coming of Jesus means a kind of earthly deliverance, well, that's not bad. Uh, it's not bad things to want Jesus to get rid of all sickness and death right now. That's a good thing. Uh, it's not bad for Jesus uh, to provide all kinds of uh, earthly security, financial relationship blessings. These are good things. Um, but sometimes we can think, well, that's what Jesus should do. That's what he came, right? Uh, and we get disappointed as if he's failed us because we don't see it yet. But here, Zechariah reminds us that the, the primary enemy he shows up to defeat in his first coming uh, is the enemy of sin. The enemy of sin, right? Verse 66 and 67, talking to John, preparing the way. What does he say? You, you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins. Right? That's what John's going to talk about. 
Uh, he, John's not going to prepare the way by talking a lot about, about the, the Romans and how they got to go. He's going to talk about the need to turn from your sin and how God is providing forgiveness. And sure enough, he's going to point to the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's the enemy that God is, uh, is rescuing his people from. Now he's going to come back, and he is going to transform the world. And there will be no more oppressors that rule over God's people. And there will no be, be no more sickness and death. And, right, he, those things are not insignificant. He will get there. Uh, but the arrival of Jesus uh, is this rescue from sin, this rescue from, uh, from the enemy of, of judgment and, and the death that it brings. Uh, Jesus comes fighting, winning a victory, not with an army or a sword, uh, but with a cross and a death. A death for us, a death for, uh, for our, uh, in our place to bear our judgment uh, so, that we're, so that we're cleansed from sin, uh, so that we are right before God, so that we are his very children, even children living in a dark and fallen world uh, for a season. Uh, and that's our peace, right? If you're trusting in him, right? Are you trusting in this work of Jesus to, to rescue, to redeem from the, the greatest enemy that we really have, which is not earthly circumstances, but the great enemy of sin? Are you trusting Jesus to, to bear that, to, to rescue you from it through his death? Well, if you are, then, then there's where your peace comes from. There's where your hope comes from. Uh, it's, it's not coming from uh, a, just a temporary reprieve from difficulty around us, as good as that would be. And as much as the Father loves to give good gifts like that to his children, as much as we can work for it and pray for it, but our ultimate peace and hope is that Jesus has made us his by bearing the thing that kept us far away from God, even our sin, conquering that, uh, that and showing us God's unfailing love. Here's why we're safe, no matter what happens around. Here's why we can have peace and we can have confidence in him. Uh, God has shown up to defeat uh, the greatest of enemies, uh, even sin. And to bring us into uh, a freedom to serve him, which is our, our final point, purposeful freedom. So here we get to Zechariah pointing us to uh, where, where this, this rescue, this redemption leads where it leaves us. Uh, so verse 74 and 75. That we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. Uh, that we, being delivered from our enemies, might serve him without fear. Now Zechariah and the people of Zechariah's day would again immediately notice Exodus language. Delivered to serve him. That's, that's Exodus. Remember what God said uh, to Pharaoh? Let my people go that they may serve me. That was the whole purpose of God rescuing his people out of, out of the slavery in Egypt. So they could be rescued so that they could serve the Lord. They're, they're delivered from the hand of a cruel slave master so they can do what they were created to do to serve the living and true God, the one who is a, a good father, right? Delivered, rescued to serve him. Let my people go, they may serve me. Uh, and here's, here's Zechariah, 
And he's singing about a new exodus, a new deliverance, not from slavery in Egypt, but slavery to sin, slavery to darkness. Why why is God setting us free from that darkness? Uh, So that we may serve him, right? Uh, It's not set us free that we can live for ourselves, right? That's actually what got us into the slavery in the first place, being all about me and my glory, right? That's, That's back to sin. That's not what God's doing. He's setting us free that we can serve him. Uh, Not trying to earn our salvation, but because we are rescued in him. Right? A purposeful freedom. A purposeful deliverance. Slavery ended that we might serve him. Right? Without fear. Right? We wouldn't have to be afraid in, in serving the Lord. What if we mess up? I belong to the king. I might mess up, fall flat on my face, and look bad doing it, but I belong to him because of his rescue. Right? We serve him without fear. In the, in the strength and the holiness and righteousness that comes through his, his Holy Spirit. That's a key part uh, that we sing about. That God has rescued us to, uh, to do something beautiful. To do what we were created to do. Uh, live a life that, that means something. That, and that counts uh, a life of serving the very God who, who rescues us. So what does that look like? Well, God says he's already prepared it. Right? Remember Ephesians 2? Right? God prepares good works that we should walk in them. So it's going to be like right laid out before you. You just look for it. It might not be huge things. It might just be small everyday things. Right? The, the person that's right there in front of you to, to love in the name of Christ. Uh, the opportunity to shine the light of Christ. Uh, to someone. That that quiet work of service that no one really notices, but it's pleasing to the Lord because you're you're serving him. Right? Those little things. That's what we're rescuing for. To live for the Lord, to serve uh, the Lord without fear, right? Because because everything that really matters, our future, our hope, that's secure in what Christ did. Uh, so we can serve him uh, without fear. So the Song of Zechariah, singing of God's salvation. Here's amazing things happening all around Zechariah, angelic visits, miraculous healings, miraculous births. And here's Zechariah. He wants to to get to what all that points to. Salvation has just shown up. Um, Salvation has just arrived because because Jesus has arrived. Uh, And and, and that's what we want to sing about in our world. Uh, Christmas time, lots of things going on, even within the Christmas story. Great stories of angels and shepherds, great to talk about, but where we want to go with that, what's behind it, what it points to. God's salvation has arrived because this Jesus has arrived. That's what we sing about. Now, that's our calling at Christmas. It's our calling throughout our whole lives to sing of his salvation, the great thing that God has done in his son. The king conquers our enemies. The king delivers. The king rescues Uh, The king gives us freedom to serve him, uh, all because of his loving grace. That's a song to sing. That's that's shining a light on God's greatness. Let's pray. Father, we do pray that you would help us to to greater understand uh, the the wonderful things you've done in your son. Uh, To have it it stir our hearts and, and capture our imagination and that we would, we would delight in it and sing it with our very lives. Uh, Lord, we thank you for your grace, so undeserved, 
uh, but yet so full in its power. We pray that you would rescue and deliver even in our day. Uh, Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.